Welcome to episode 249 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. I am Ollie Spake and I am joined by the Enchantress of the Witching Hour. Should I call you the Good Witch of the South or maybe the Alphabar of the South? Oh, I'm 100% Alphabar. <laughs> the Alphaba of the South, Melissa Ellis. The West. Well, the West, yes. I suppose uh, from, from where I sit, you're South, but it's actually, <laughs> if I just place myself front and centre, the West. <laughs> Welcome, Mel. Hello, Ollie. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Thank you for such a lovely introduction. That's quite okay. Slightly disoriented, but uh, but nonetheless, um, <laughs> I think it was well earned. People won't have any idea why I, why you refer to me as that. Well, I think it's deserving of jumping straight into some context. Mel, what have you been up to this weekend? <laughs> Where do we start? Good grief. Just as well there's no park run. Ollie, I've got no time to fit it in. No, um, no. What park run? <laughs> this week was event 50 at Alice Palace Park Run. And uh, <laughs> so to celebrate, we went 1950s rock and roll with burgers fries and milkshakes. We saw Daryl and Paul rocking the sideburns. Hashtag who did it better. <laughs> Paul. While I was hopelessly devoted to my new pink ladies jacket, victory rolls, and I even dug out the makeup bag and Googled 1950s makeup YouTube tutorials. You will be pleased to know that no balloons were harmed <laughs> in this theme. And feedback from many was it's their favourite to date. So, yes, it was a very fun morning. It was just spectacular. The hair was impressive, Mel. So <laughs> well done on the well done on the research there. <laughs> Thank you. It went better than I had hoped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm definitely not skilled in the hairdressing techniques, hence why I normally am seen in either plaits or ponytails. But I had a crack. I got out the hot rollers and I had a crack. And uh, anyway, it, it had an effect. So it was fun and um, it saw another not park run day go by with a little bit more happiness than would otherwise be. Oh, for sure, for sure. And so that jacket is clearly treasured now. <laughs> yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, milkshakes, how were the milkshakes? Well, <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty good. I had I had to let the effects of the milkshakes wear off a bit before I could actually go and do my not park run. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, mudslides they were. Oh, excellent. And just in case we didn't pick it up, I'd certainly vote for Paul's sideburns. <laughs> I'm so lucky that I've got this shop that I can go and buy wigs. I've got quite an impressive collection of wigs now. And he's very accommodating. Somebody commented that I, I think it was Janet actually, commented mm. that I had the most accommodating husband. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. <laughs> he puts in a pretty, pretty fine effort. Yeah, and he does doll up pretty well too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that was my morning, which obviously we followed up with the live. But, Ollie, mm. the time has come to reveal what you were up to this Saturday morning with your mysterious post-live run to the Bintang Bridge. <laughs> and, yes, I did stalk your Strava to see where you went. So would you like to uh, share your Saturday morning not park run? I'd love to. I'd love to because oh, that's good. what I got to do. <laughs> I got to share my not park run. 
And look, I was very fortunate uh, after your suggestion last week to gain an invite to Banksia Avenue, not Park Run. Awesome. And I didn't get to do the whole thing, of course, because the lockdown latest has me still only being able to run to, I figured it was the end of the bridge, so I didn't cross the landline, but I, I was fortunate enough to join Beck to go and hang out with, you know, part of the Park Run Adventures podcast family, you know, part of the Bailey shot, and to go and do a not Park Run for about one and a half Ks. Is there photos? Uh, there is a photo. There is a photo, uh, and it features ugly buffs as well. Unfortunately, it was overcast, so oh. there was no light. We didn't pass under the bridge. That's not part of the course, but there was no light, so no light shot. Um, so need- needless to say, more plans must be hatched. Mm. I like the sound of that. <laughs> But I feel pretty fortunate you know, that we've got we've got this parkrun family out there, this adventurers family. That you know, even in this situation, we can we can connect those of us that are you know, closer by and those of us that are connecting virtually as well. So uh, thank you, Beck, for the invitation and the company uh, for my first non-household, not parkrun buddy for a, a long time at least. And um, yeah, pretty cool to check out a new course, Mel. So you shared your bubble. I did. I did. Yes. Mm. I also did some bubble running on the weekend. Yes. Yes. Please tell us more. So, yes, alluding back to your introduction, (laughs) (laughs) in which I was referred to as Alphaba, the reason being I took part in a virtual... Curfew Crushes Relay. Yes, exactly right. We took I took part in a Curfew Crushes Relay in which we ran in a team, a team of eight participants over the course of the day, but only within the curfew hours that we were allotted. Each of the eight participants had a two-hour time slot to run, and I was the team captain, so I uh, put my hand up for the first leg, which was from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. So although that was really early... It was also really clever because I was running in the dark and I was in costume so nobody would see me. So the way that the competition or the virtual event worked was you were allotted points not based on how far you ran but by your creativity. So your costume would earn you points and if you did Strava art or just um, the photos that you took out on your run. Mm. And this was created by Mick Diverston that I spoke to last week and his mate Peter Mitchell. They came up with this concept and invited people to create teams. So there was teams spread all across Victoria. We had a couple out in the west. There was some in around Melbourne. There was some down on the peninsula and there was some in the southeast. And we had, I think there was 10 teams all up competing at the same time. So and so social media was going off all day. It was fabulous because <laughs> every time a leg would finish, they'd upload all their photos to social media. So I put out a message in my local um, residence Facebook page the night before because I was a bit concerned. I'll go out running at 5 a.m. in the morning dressed as a witch, carrying a broomstick. <laughs> During a lockdown. During a lockdown. <laughs> might raise alarms. So I, I sent out a message and said, "If I'm doing this tomorrow morning and if you see me, please don't call the police. <laughs> and this is what I'm doing. I'm taking part and it's all a bit of fun. I'd love to see some people's um, 
security cameras of this witch running past. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to go too far from home. It was 5 a.m. in the morning and, you know, I, didn't, I was I'm running, running on my own. So I was a little bit nervous. So I just did loops of my estate. Mm. I did it four times. So these there would be people out there with their security cameras trained on their front front of their house with this witch every <laughs> every, <laughs> every twenty minutes running past the front of their house it would have been quite oh, funny. I'm just thinking of all those those sleepless kids that have been told go back to bed. They're looking out the window and <laughs> they're, they're, they really don't want to be up during the night. <laughs> so I got up at three a.m. to do my makeup because I had the full green witch face, mm. the full alphabet witch face. Sadly, the witch costume didn't fit very well, so. <laughs> um, it didn't matter. I just put a jacket over the top, so <laughs> nobody could know that. Uh, but I did carry the I did carry the broomstick for the whole two hours, and I ran for the whole two hours, Ollie. That's fantastic. I did sixteen k's, and I haven't been able to do that for a very long time. So lucky I've been in training. <laughs> <laughs> but the mind was very determined that uh, I didn't. At first, I thought I would just run an hour and a half, but when I got to the hour and a half, I just went, "No, you can do this," yep. and I kept going. Mm. So that was good. And it was only right at the end that I came across another guy running and he sort of saw me, he saw the broomstick and he indicated to me about magpies and then I realised, oh, he thinks I'm carrying the broomstick as protection <laughs> for the magpies swooping. Oh. <laughs> and he was running with a stick. Mm. Because that's what people do around here. They We're approaching swoopy September. Yes. People walk around with with sticks to protect themselves from the sweeping magpies. And then as we started to engage in conversation, I can see him sort of looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm doing a fun run. <laughs> so it was quite funny. So I met a neighbour. Hmm. <laughs> Great first impression. <laughs> I know. Loony lady. <laughs> anyway, it was a great day. And, you know, obviously um, it was just something to do. It just really took – a bit of focus off sitting around and being in lockdown. So followed the social media posts each day as each member of my team did their legs and then posted their photos. Yeah, it was fabulous. It was a fun day and I thank Peter and Mick for overseeing and orchestrating it all. Oh, their efforts uh, are, are wonderful to inspire uh, another great, uh, very imaginative event to encourage people to get out and be a part of a community when it's yeah, it's a little challenging to do that. So, um, yeah, well done, guys. Mm -hmm. So is there another one planned for next week, Mel? You seem to be on a bit of a run here. <laughs> Nobody's mentioned next week. Um, there's okay. been a few allusions to, oh, we'll have to do it again, but I think it was a big day for Mick and Pete. Mm. I think there was a lot of... There was a lot of work on their part to oversee mm, the Facebook mm. posts. They, they were awarding points to each leg of each team so that they could be totaled up and we could have a winner at the end of the day that wasn't based on who could run the fastest. Yes. They wanted it about fun. They didn't want it about ability, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So that it was inclusive and everybody could join in. You didn't have to be a runner. You could be a walker or you could ride your bike. It wasn't speed-based, which was really lovely. And, uh, and some of the costumes were just absolutely fabulous. Uh, I'll have to Google or I'll have to Facebook search more of the event photos if I can find them. Is there a way I can see them, Mel? Or is it just in the group? There's a Facebook group called Free Bird. Uh, it's in the Free Bird one. Okay. Yeah, and yes. all the photos were posted there. Even Cluck Norris, he took part in – Cluck Norris <sighs> was on my team. <laughs> what a team. I know. So there you go. 
We had we um, had all the names. <laughs> you sure did. You sure did. Yeah. What a weekend, Mel. I know. I'm exhausted. I need a rest now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure we, we quite thanked, um, not in the podcast anyway, um, Alison and Andrew. I know. Uh, yes, our live on Saturday morning, perhaps a little early for most of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> those that were up that early were actually at Park Run. True that. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you to those that did join us or maybe belatedly joined us. It was wonderful to hear from Andrew and uh, I guess share a bit of the lockdown love with our friends across the ditch. Absolutely. Mm. And uh, yeah, always great to catch up with our New Zealand friends and have that interaction and for us to have a little bit more practice doing lives, Ollie. So, you know, we should probably ask the listeners if they enjoyed the live, if they listened, if they listened back later, if it's something we should do again, should we try and get better at it? (laughs) Do you like 7am starts in Australia? 9am for a Kiwi friends, of course. Yeah, should we do it later in the day? Should we make it more more reasonable brunch time <laughs> so people can have their not parkrun sleep-ins? Let us know. Let us know. Yes. But, Ollie, you've got an interview this week. You spoke to the lovely Becky over at Richmond Olympic over in Canada. So should we have a listen to that? Let's. Our next guest is a parkrunner who's just recently been reunited with their own parkrun at Richmond Olympic Parkrun, which is near Vancouver in Canada, uh, recently returned from its pause on the 14th of August. She was the run director on the day and has since completed her own parkrunning return, participating in her 50th parkrun at home just this weekend. Welcome to the podcast, Becky Mabry. Hi there. Thank you very much. It's a a pleasure to talk to you a little bit about Parkrun Canada. No, th- look, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we, we've been very excited to see Canada's return and watching, you know, one by one, some of these events click back into gear and look really exciting to see that it's back at Richmond Olympic. And, and you've already managed to both volunteer and park run. So, um, Becky, can you tell us how's it been to have it all back? Uh, you know, obvious answer, it's fantastic to have it back. Um, we've had restrictions on on public gatherings for about 17 months. Um, so our last park run was uh, International Women's Day on the 7th of March 2020 um, and mm. not back until last week. So, yeah, we, you know, we a few of us got there early to set up um, and previous sort of prior to the pause um there was this older couple who they never park ran themselves but they would always be walking on the the trail at that time of day um and they you know within minutes of us setting up they appeared and beaming from ear to ear and welcomed (laughs) us back and said how much they'd missed us um but they weren't the only ones smiling i think you know lots of smiles it really seemed to mean a lot to people to be to be back park running again uh, look, that that's wonderful, and what a welcome back to to have you know just people from the community just ready to have you back, and obviously looking forward to that. Um, needless to say, the long pause has made it very hard uh, for many to stay motivated and connected. How have you and and the community there managed in that time? Um, I think it's probably the same as every other area of life, like learning to adapt and a little bit of patience. Um, so sort of very early on, we had a, we did a sort of a weekly virtual coffee morning, um, mm. but then the whole world got zoom fatigue. And so <laughs> after about six weeks, we scrapped that. 
But we were fortunately here, we were never restricted on the amount of exercise we could do or mm. the distance from our homes that we could exercise. So we have so many great running spots uh, in and around Vancouver that, you know, you go out for a run and you might bump into a park runner or cross paths or um, see what people have been up to on Strava. Um, but I think for me, one thing that I'm very interested to see play out is how the community has grown in that time. Um, mm, whenever mm. I looked at the not park run results, I'd see people logging them that had never attended a, a park run in, in real life um, or, you know, maybe only been once or twice. Um, and I'm, I'm just really curious to see how over the next few weeks we'll see people coming along for the first time, um, you know, with, with the closure of indoor exercise spaces, my hope is that a lot more people will uh, be exercising outside and discovering the the joy um, that we all know and love of being outside. Yeah, I suppose it's given people a lot of opportunity to reevaluate things, and uh, as yeah, as it seems, you know, to to find a different way to to connect with park runs. So, uh, have you noticed anyone coming along yet? Or I suppose it's early days, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've definitely yeah. had first timers um, on on both days um as well as the i won't say old faces you know the (laughs) familiar faces (laughs) is probably a more polite way of saying it Um, yeah someone someone brought a new guy along today and sort of presented him and said this is my neighbor he's coming to park run now um so yeah it's it's definitely definitely happening yeah um look in richmond olympic um I'm not familiar with the course. Uh, I had to had to Google it to understand the location. So, could you please give us a bit of a description of you know what's the park run like and and what's its history been? Yeah, I'd, I'd say um, our history is tied very closely to that of Park Run Canada, um, mm. which actually began five years ago on this very day. Um, so, this is Park Run Canada's fifth birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Parkrun Canada. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. The, the first event was in a place called Kelowna, which is also in British Columbia, um, August 2016. And then Richmond Olympic followed uh, about two months later in mm. October 2016. So earlier that year, um, I was relocating from the UK. I probably can tell by now that my accent is not that of a Canadian national. (laughs) Um, So I was relocating, emailed Parkrun HQ and said, what does it take to start a Parkrun in Canada? Um, And I was put in touch with a guy called Ewan Bowman, Mm -hmm. who is the North American Territory Manager now. Um, But at the time, he was also living in Vancouver and um, was just sort of collecting people who were interested in Parkrun, mostly immigrants from Parkrun countries like myself. Um, and that little group of, of people in the city became the core team for Richmond Olympic. And I think all of them are still involved today. Um, so we kind of got it together and launched Halloween 2016. Uh, we were th- the third park run in the country. Um, and for a while, we were also the planet's most westerly park run. Uh-huh. Um, I think currently we still are, or currently we are because um, the two further west haven't reopened yet. But on the island, hopefully not for long. Because yeah, uh-huh. I'd love to see them. Love to see them start again. Um, in terms of our route, uh, it's an out and back along the Fraser River, and we've got a, a beautiful backdrop of mountains. Uh, on the side of the river that we run on, our court, our route passes uh, one of the Winter Olympic 2010 venues, the Olympic Oval, um, hence our name. Uh, and then on the other side of the river is the Vancouver International Airport. 
which is notable for a few reasons. I think, firstly, we're right under a flight path. So no <laughs> run briefing has ever been completed without having to stop and wait for a plane to pass over. <laughs> the, the proximity to the airport as well means that people often will turn up with all their baggage. So, you know, you see them sort of dragging their wheelie suitcases along the gravel trail and, and rushing to get there for the start of Parkrun, um, either on their way into the country or out of the country. Uh, and then I think kind of linked to that is the phenomenon of the time traveling park runner. Um, I'm not sure mm. if you're yes. familiar with that, but um, I think the, the two places you can do it are Auckland to San Francisco and Brisbane to Vancouver. Uh, there might be other Australian cities that it can be achieved as well. Um, but essentially a, a runner can get two runs in a day on a given Saturday by crossing the international dateline. Um, that is outlawed by Parkrun now. It's it's the second run isn't recognized. Um, but there was one particularly enterprising Aussie uh, on New Year's Day 2020, um, which was yes. also the last day you could ever record two Parkruns. She flew across the dateline and came to our Parkrun as um, Doc Emmett Brown from Back to the Future. Um, so she, <laughs> <laughs> she exploited the loophole and is the last person who will ever be able to do that. Um, so congrats to her. <laughs> oh, and, and there really have been some fantastic examples of people uh, people time traveling and, and managing that dateline. Yeah, we, we've seen them over time, but uh, well done to Doc there, wrapping it all up, the last opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great achievement to, to be able to, you know, you really, your timings have to be bang on, but it's, it's possible and quite a fun thing. One of our claims to fame. Yeah. Probably our only one. <laughs> you um, you put into perspective the, the whole uh, interruption during the run brief thing. So you've probably got some tips for all of us. Uh, how do you manage uh, the interruption that you just can't avoid of the aircraft traveling over during the run brief? Um, it's whatever you do, it's really awkward. Um, yep. Either you choose to continue with your briefing and you just shout louder and louder and no one can hear you mm -hmm. um, or you stop and wait for it to kind of pass directly over but that's also really awkward because you have all these sets of eyes staring at you and you just kind of have to hang there awkwardly not saying anything um, <laughs> so no no tips whatsoever if anyone has any please do let me know yeah because it's <laughs> it's really annoying. <laughs> I heard shout louder, so I'll, I'll have to try that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Megaphone maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, and and look, lovely to hear, obviously, that close connection of the community, you know, the efforts from from you and, and, and the likes of yourselves and the, and the team in, in setting up Parkrun Canada, but uh, to hear that, you know, there is still that connection from so many, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's really lovely. Yeah. Now, um. As I noted, um, you've just completed your 50th park run at home. Um, you're also approaching a personal park run milestone. Congratulations in advance. Can you share a bit with us how park run entered your life? Yeah, for sure. Um, it was when I was still living in the UK and there was a park run about a K from my house. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'd been told about it and I you know, used to see people walk in front of my window in their sports kit um but i used to play hockey on saturdays uh well in canada you have to refer to it as field hockey because their default hockey is ice hockey but i think you aussies will know what i mean when i say hockey yes um and you can't really do a match in midfield if you do a 5k in the morning so i think end of the season in in 2015 um i finally made it along to a park run and i you know absolutely loved it from the first time 
I was there. Um, I'd say my sporting career has definitely been one of uh, the enthusiastic amateur rather than mm -hmm. uh, or sort of definitely lean on the side of participation to elite performance. Um, but I recently learned that the, the etymology of the word amateur comes from the Latin to love. Um, mm. So I, you know, part of being an amateur means that I love seeing people being active. And so from that first time I was sold, uh, I wanted to get involved when I got to Canada. I wanted to be part of Parkrun and had the opportunity as well to build a team of volunteer social media ambassadors across across Canada uh, who manage the social media content each week. Um, so that's just been another way that I've been able to contribute to Parkrun and what I, you know, the, the ethos that um, we all believe in. Uh, it's fantastic, you know, to, to find new ways to connect, particularly now with that that need to to reconnect. Mm -hmm. We see some some fine examples of that out um, when we trawl the uh, the Parkrun Canada and and other you know, international Parkrun organisation pages. So thank you for your volunteering and thank you for your support. No worries. It, it's kind of tricky when there are no events for seventeen months to actually put content out. So we <laughs> uh, we lent more on global to to provide the content over the past um, year and a half. But definitely, as as Parkruns come back, we get photos and new stories coming. Yeah. And, and look, as I understand it, you've volunteered far more than you've actually completed park runs in that time. So, you know, what is it about volunteering? And, and you know, do you have a favourite role or is it more in that ambassadorial development side of things? Um, I think kind of what, what I was saying about, you know, providing opportunity and uh, park runs remove barriers, whether they're real barriers or perceived barriers to, to getting active. So I love yeah, volunteering in general, I just love to see people uh, getting involved and uh, maybe achieving things that they weren't expecting, like walking their first 5K without stopping or getting a PB. We actually had a runner today uh, get a personal best on her 50th park run. She was delighted. Oh. Um, so seeing things like that kind of keeps the motivation. Um, as for a favorite role, like the community side, you can't beat it. So I do love being run director. Mm. Um, I love that people will always come up and introduce themselves to you and tell you a little bit about themselves. And, um, you know, you get to have these conversations that you wouldn't necessarily day to day. Can, can you hear that aeroplane in the background? It's like <laughs> I also you. live live under a flight path. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if I'd planned that better, we would have timed it in with the uh, with the conversation about the run brief. But uh, I'm glad we squeezed it in. Yeah, I can shout louder if it's helpful. Um, <laughs> but I would say on on the volunteering, like in all honesty, by choice, my talent you wouldn't be quite that high like I mm. really love to run as much as I can um, but when you're on a core team uh, you know one of the the less glamorous things is that it's your responsibility to to keep the park run happening each week so I'd say kind of within that volunteer tally are times that I've had to cancel or rearrange weekend plans or had been planning to run but I'd had to step into volunteer um, you know when when there weren't enough volunteers coming forward um, so I'd say like people should volunteer because it is fun and it is really rewarding but um also to like consider helping to share the responsibility across the community is uh, a great reason for volunteering as well yeah yeah and you're right it comes with all angles but uh it's it makes such a difference and uh, it it's really nice when you have that kind of engagement as you say you know people walk in as 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 new park runners or visiting park runners and um you, know, you might be there as a run director or someone that can help engage them and um 
and hopefully, as you say, um, yeah, join, join the experience of volunteering as well, which can be so rewarding. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, look, um, whilst the 50 milestone is a key milestone, um, we've mentioned your personal parkrun milestone just around the corner. You've, you've got, I suppose, a fairly impressive array of, of uh, different visits and highlights so far. So as I understand it, there's five countries in the kit bag so far, um, 27 different events. Are you able to share with us a, a top three or maybe three of the highlights of the park runs you've visited beyond Richmond Olympic Park Run, please? <laughs> you, you definitely know more about my park run history <laughs> than I do. Um, okay, so in, in no particular order, um, one park run I ran was uh, Gorky Park Run in Moscow in Russia. Mm. Um, that was, it, it ru- kind of runs along the Moskva River. And during the run briefing, we were told, uh, keep running along the trail until you see a giant pile of snow and then turn around and come back again. Uh, <laughs> there were no course markings. Um, they weren't lying. There was a giant pile of snow. And one of the faster runners uh, when he got there, just kind of stood there like a scarecrow, pretending to be a, a human cone almost. Um, <laughs> so we ran around him, ran back again. Um, and then the the event director's um, grandmother, like his babushka, had provided chai and this like delicious gateau cake for the park runners. So we oh, all stood... Wow on the banks of this frozen river in minus 10 degrees, uh, <laughs> enjoying the tea and the, and the cake together. Um, so that was, a, that was a super memorable one. Um, next, I'm going to say uh, Etna Park Run in Italy. Um, and yeah, I'm going for some quite obscure ones here. But I, I had a couple of friends, Kez and Nicole, who visited me in Canada, and I forced them to run a couple of park runs uh, against their will. Um, but of course, they were hooked. So we decided that we'd try and coordinate our 50th park runs together. Um, and then we were like, well, you know, we, we may as well go on a holiday while we're at it. So went out <laughs> to Italy. Um, and this run is, it's its essentially sort of around the, the base of a volcano. Um, and during the run, I was, you know, looking around and soaking up the atmosphere and I tripped on some like lump of volcanic rock or something. Fortunately, I had enough momentum that I did this weird double commando roll and sprung back up to my feet. But an, an Italian runner behind me uh, saw me fall and shouted, Mamma mia, really loudly, <laughs> which was just the most Italian thing to happen. Um so that was that was pretty funny. It was special because it was our 50th. It was memorable because of the the Mamma Mia. Um, and then the the event director of that run is actually a tour guide. So we ended up going uh, with a hiking group for a nighttime walk up the volcano to go and look at the lava um, at night, which was night. like, yeah, r- ridiculous and wow. amazing. <laughs> um, and then my third one... Uh, I think I'm going to go for a Richmond Olympic highlight, actually. Um, okay. So we, we actually have our own Olympian. There's a, one of the Canadian race walkers, Evan Dunphy, uh, is based in Richmond. Uh, he's been to a handful of park runs, but on this particular day, he brought uh, two of his teammates along. Uh, so these guys were out on a 30K training walk. They incorporated the 5K park run into this training walk. I think they all came in the top like five or seven uh, by walking it and then, you know, trotted off to do the rest of their run. 
Um, and a, a big shout out to Evan. He actually, in the 50K in Tokyo a couple of weeks ago, he got a bronze medal. Um, <sighs> absolutely yes. nothing to do with our park run, but, you know, we'll claim him as our own. Um, and big congrats to Evan. The, the true Richmond Olympian. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the race walking blows me away. And uh, to provide a very interesting angle to the fact that, you know, Parkrun welcomes runners, walkers, joggers, and, and so forth. Uh, bronze medal walkers is, uh, yeah, is a great example of that. Yeah, we, there's often the odd joke <laughs> that we could ask him to be our tail walker, but he'd actually <laughs> finish in the top three, so he wouldn't necessarily be the best tail walker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some amazing highlights there, and um, I uh, I don't think I've matched that for a lot. That, that's the, that's the bird you described. Oh yeah, can you hear? You can <laughs> I hear can one hear of the our bird in the background. Yes, yeah. yeah. Got some of the Canadian wildlife in the background. Yes, there. yes. <laughs> oh, it's great. It, it, we feel like we're really there with uh, with some of the ambience. So thanks for lining that up. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Look, um, fantastic uh, experiences, like I said, and uh, yeah, no, no doubt. Um, no doubt the 100 will be just as special. Maybe no volcanoes, but... Uh, I mean, ho- hopefully not, no. Um, <laughs> but I don't think there... It's very flat in Richmond, so it would be yes. surprising if a volcano sprung up. But, yes. yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll get my 100 next week. Um, so it'll be nice to to be able to do it at the the park run that's been so close to my heart for the past five years. Yeah, look, that's fantastic. And and thank you so much, Becky, for, for joining us and sharing, you know, some of those highlights and the experience you've, you've obviously been through in the last 18 months there. Um, wish you very best uh, for your park run milestone and for you and the team and in unpausing and welcoming new park runners to, um, to join in the, uh, the park run love back at Richmond Olympic, getting it all back up and running. Oh, thank you so much. And hopefully when the travel restrictions ease up a bit, um, I'll see some of your listeners come over. I feel like every park run I've been to, there's always at least one Australian. So um, the, the invite's open and uh, yeah, I'd love to see some of you over here. You'll have many of us adding it to the list and just waiting for the opportunity to come and visit. So uh, thank you for the invitation. Um, we'll be there. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you so much. Yes. So look, Mel, it was wonderful to hear firsthand what it's been like for Parkrun Canada to come on back to, to get back into real life park running world. Yes, Ollie. So that's good. More and more events <laughs> coming back from Canada. Yes. And uh, nice to hear from Becky. Yeah. Thank you very much, Becky. And um, look, I really enjoyed some of her highlights, even if she did get away with uh, mentioning her home park run as a, as a top three highlight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, look, I was listening out because she described uh, dying seabirds in the background to me when we were recording. So uh, I was very thrilled when I heard over the audio what literally sounded like a dying seabird. I mean, not thrilled at the notion of it being a dying <laughs> seabird, of course. But <laughs> I heard it too. Yes. 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 It's quite loud. It was. It was. Yeah. So, um, hey, the wildlife in Canada. Good to hear from the locals. Yeah, it makes it, it, makes it uh, a bit more of a touch of what it's like there. And that, that takes uh, Canada, well, not necessarily that event because they've been back two weeks now, but that takes them up to 15 events so far returned. Uh, keep it up, guys. Mm-hmm. And speaking of keeping it up, Mel, we're keeping it up with lots to listen to this week. We've got a couple of roving reports. We've got more coming up later in the pod. So should we have a listen to a couple of our roving reports? I think so. (laughs) 
Good morning, Parkrunners. It's Tracy and Atutu. Myself and a friend went away for the weekend to Tambourine Mountain, but their event team decided not to go ahead with the event this weekend, so we've meandered our way down the mountain, almost to the Gold Coast, but we stopped about 10 k short and we found Mudra Bar. And we're at Darcy Doyle Park this morning. Um, we got in here a little early and the event team's still setting up, but we found a regular to chat to. Let's talk to Donna. Hi Donna, how are you? Hello Tracy, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Now Donna, I believe you're a regular here. Yes I am. How long have you been coming here? Oh, geez, I've been doing parkrun for probably seven years. Oh wow. Yeah, and doing it here at Mudra Bar for probably five years. Yeah, yeah, and where did you go before that? Uh, we sort of travelled around to a lot of the Gold Coast mm-hmm. um, ones, so Kira, uh, even went down to Kingscliff, mm. Broadbeach, mm-hmm. uh, Varsity, yes. uh, Coomera, yeah, yeah nice. so quite a few of the different ones we used to go to all the time. Yeah, and are you chasing any of the parkrun challenges at all? The Pirate Club or the Tourist? No, not this stage. No, you're just like around. <laughs> no, that's fine. And how many parkruns are you up to now? Um, I'm up to 210. <gasps> 210. Oh, you've got your milestone coming up May, early next year, I'd say, yeah, 250. Yes, as long as COVID doesn't stop as as COVID, too often. Yeah. <laughs> Have you missed parkrun in the last two weeks? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. has. It's been a been hard missing it and yeah what does parkrun mean to you um it, it means a lot with meeting new people mm-hmm. and you know it's it's like a family yes. yeah yeah it you is, really it? get along with people and yeah. yeah and trying to get healthy and fit <laughs> exactly look thanks for chatting with us donna you have a great run this morning and uh, might see you later on after the event no worries thank Sounds you good. thank you and I've found Trent. Hi Trent, how are you? Good morning, how are you going? Good, good. You look like you've got something. What, have you, what are you doing this morning? Uh, this morning I'm doing the newbie briefing. So like all other events we go through, I've got the course map here. Yes. Let everyone know what they do with their finish tokens, make sure they bring them back. Yeah, yeah. All the rules and regulations. Right, and do you get a few tourists to uh, Madra Bar? Yeah, thankfully with COVID a lot of locals are coming from other events that <laughs> maybe they wouldn't make the effort to get to. So with um, 10 events on the Gold Coast, You've got plenty of options from hills to beaches and we're sort of somewhere in between, I guess. And what's, and what's this course like? Is it nice and flat or we got yes. hills here? Yeah, it's a very flat course, very picturesque along the creek. We've got two U-turn points that'll bring us back here to the start. Um, probably average around 140 people a week, so right. not too bad. It does look a little confusing. Uh, am I going to get lost? Uh, we have arrows and the council have put up all the signage. So at each junction point, there's always an arrow and a sign to follow. So. Unless you're going to run to 17 minutes today, are you going to lead the way um, for us? Let me think about that. No. Not today? Not All today. Right. No. Perfect conditions out here today, though. Yeah. And, uh, really good. Yeah, it is. And um, you're a regular here at uh, Madra Bar? Yeah, yeah. I've been involved for probably coming here for the last six years. Mm-hmm. Um, all my three kids run. Um, my young bloke's on his 93rd run today, so coming up awesome. to his 100. So it's great. And I just did my 200th last event. So Well done, yeah. you. All right. Good. All right. Looks like we're about to get going fairly soon. i ready soon. for my newbie brief and we'll get In out there. Brief. Thank you so awesome. much. No problem. Yeah. 
Okay, I've just finished my Drew Bar and I found Peter. He's the run director this morning. How are That's you, Peter? Good, good. How did it all go today? Oh, it's gone well. You know, beautiful day out here in Madrubar. Uh, the weather's great. Um, so it's just a perfect day for parkrun. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Look, it's a great course. I found it so well signed out here. How do you, would you describe it to listeners today? Look, it's 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 a very it's a quick course. As you said, it's well it's well set out. It's well run. Um, we've had a big involvement from Gold Coast City Council mm-hmm. in getting it um, getting the the course set up nicely. Um, so it's just a it's 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 just a good it's just a good park run in the mm. true sense of uh, sense of things. Yeah, yeah. And have you been with Matraba for a while? Oh yes. Look, uh, since uh, uh, since one of the very first runs, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've been uh, we've been part of Madraba now for mm. uh, Madraba Park Run now for uh, since since I think run number 15. Yeah, so, yeah. Yes. And where were you before that? Were you uh, attached to another park run then? No, not at all. Not at all. No, no, uh, registered with Madhuba Park Run and I think I've done two other park runs <laughs> since then. So it's, been, uh, it's been pretty much Madhuba Park Run all the way through. So, yeah, um, yeah. And being involved with the, uh, the, the running of Madhuba Park Run has also been a you know, has been the attraction to stay here. Mm, so. No, it's an excellent park run. So thank you for having us this no, morning. Pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. See you later. Thank you. Okay, well, that's all from me at Madra Bar Park Run. I forgot to mention, by the way, that Donna was actually barcode scanning this morning. Um, so thank you to Donna for doing that and all the other volunteers who helped make this happen. Um, that's all from me. I'm going to go in search of coffee. Toodles from Tracy. See you on the B-side. Bye. Hello Parkrun Adventurers, this is Mark reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew. This week we find ourselves in Karatha, which is a city in the Pilbara region of Western Australia. Now funnily enough, it's uh, over 1,100 kilometres from our last parkrun course that we were able to do. And uh, here in Karatha, in the Dampier region, there's actually two local parkruns which started up um, only a couple of months ago. So we're going to have a chat with the uh, two local uh, RDs about their parkruns. So I'm here with uh, Zoe, who's the event director for Bayview Road Park Run in Karatha, Western Australia. Good morning, Zoe. How are you? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? I'm good, thank you. A nice warm day here in um, Karatha, which is fantastic. We're enjoying the, the warm weather. Bayview Road Park Run is relatively new. Uh, it's about two months in and nine park runs down. What can you tell us about Bayview Road Park Run and how it started? So when I um, first moved up to Karatha in late 2019, I was at a loss to find any running groups up here and I've um, enjoyed running for quite a while. I use running as an an outlet for my mental health. I think it's um, one of the better outlets. (laughs) And so when... COVID sort of happened and everything. I was quite isolated at home. I didn't know anyone. I'm an ex-police officer, so I um, had been in the job for 16 years. I found it really isolating moving up here as a stay-at-home mum. And, you know, when you're working, you find your immediate group of friends, obviously. When you're a stay-at-home mum, it's really hard. Um, And then we went into lockdown and I started to find things really difficult and I started having a really hard time. I started speaking to a counsellor, a lady uh, called Danielle from Soldiers and Sirens, and she suggested I join this amazing running group called Running Mums Australia on Facebook. Um, And so I got on there and I posted a thing saying, are there any other running mums in Karatha? And I got a response from a couple of fabulous ladies up here. One of them, Natasha, um, started up a Karatha running Facebook page straight away so that we could all chat together. And then we decided to start meeting um, to run together. And on one of the first runs we did, there was a lady named Peter there and she started talking about park run 
to be totally honest, I'd never heard of park run, uh-huh. um, <laughs> had never run a park run. Um, and I just obviously wanted a, a running group together and she was um, going on about all the benefits of park run and how it's this great community and it's worldwide and rah, rah, rah. And so then we started looking at um, how to start a park run in Karatha. It had been tried a couple of times before, but there are logistical if- issues with Karatha with starting a park run mainly because of the footpaths because it's quite an older town and the footpath sizing and all that sort of stuff there's a lot of intricate rules with the park run on how you can Mm. set them up and then luckily one week we were running our mock park run down in uh, Catrell Park and uh, it started raining and I don't like getting my shoes wet when I run so we changed it up just for a a week to run up at Bayview Road because it's a quite a good double width footpath and um, then we decided that we really liked that course and so we applied for approval with Parkrun to get that one sorted and, and were eventually successful. And how did you get support locally to get the Parkrun started through the local council and get the funding? Um, we uh, hit out at some uh, local businesses in town. So Karatha Earth Moving got on board straight away and donated some cash. Uh, Rio Tinto donated our um, defibrillator and then we applied uh, for funding through Pilbara Ports Authority and they came through with a fair bit and then um, Yarra just basically rang up and said, yep, love what you're doing and gave us all the rest of the money that we needed. So you said that um, you know, this has been important for your mental health. So what do you get out of running? Um, I find that it is a great way to clear your mind of the day's troubles you know like whether it's park run or or with our Karatha runners also we have a group that we just go running we've got Monday sessions and Tuesday sessions and like yesterday afternoon we just went for a 10k run through the back of the hills and you know like you just in nature there's no cars there's no no interruptions and you just clear your mind and and it's it's my happy place. (laughs) So have you done another park run then like so you said that you hadn't heard of park run before have, have you done another park run at all or only at Bayview Road? I volunteered once at the Hampton Oval one um, but I was training for a marathon so I, there was no, I wasn't willing to uh, run on uneven ground because I'm yep. really uncoordinated and so <laughs> so I volunteered there but I no this is the only park run I've run. Have, have others in the event team then experienced another park run to then kind of know about the park run community and I suppose spirit? Yeah, absolutely. So Jamie, who's my 2IC, he, um, he's done well over 50 park runs, I, I believe. I think he's, he's got the red shirt, whichever one that is. And so he was all over park run. He does most of our speaking, especially before we got going, because people kept asking us to do media interviews and stuff, and I had no idea what I was talking about. So I was like, oh, Jamie, no, no, Jamie, do it. And, um, <laughs> and Peter, obviously, who was the um, initial push for it, she's done quite a few park runs before. Yeah. So. And what, what do you think that establishing this park run here in Karatha means to than the community? Look, from we started in um, January this year and um, as soon as we started, I think we had about six people turn up to our first one and then it just grew exponentially. It was amazing. Just all these people. We've had, we have lots of mums and dads with prams, which because our our track is so user-friendly. We have lots of kids. We've got heaps of little kids now, like six, seven, eight-year-olds that are doing the whole 5Ks. They're amazing. So as far as a family experience goes, it's really good. We're trying, um, we've got some great competition with the back-to-back crew from the um, airport fireys. So they they come out and try and smash each other's um, (laughs) records each each week, which is really cool. We've got some coppers that run with us. We've got some um, of the ADF guys. So it's really, and we've got heaps of people that just want to get fit. And I think my favourite stories are the ones that on our first park run turned up and couldn't, 
you know, could barely run a kilometre and now they're doing five kilometres and, and they're so proud of themselves and we're so proud of them because yeah. they're, they're achieving their goals, which is amazing. Yeah, well, that's certainly what um, Parkrun is about, isn't it? Can you describe the, the course for us? Yes, yeah, so our course is a, um, it's a lap course, so it's two and a half laps of the Bayview Road. So we start in the middle, basically, we run down to one end. It's like a semicircle, I suppose. So you run down to one end, you run back past the start line to the other end, then back past the start line again to the first end and back to the middle. So you sort of do two and a half laps of the entire course, which is really good because it means that you're constantly passing each other and cheering each other on and it's, it's really good. And we noticed when we were out there yesterday that the kids obviously get out there and do some of the chalk art with inspiring messages for people. Yeah, we uh, started off trying to do, you know, being very serious with the chalk art and, you know, because <laughs> you see some great things on Instagram and stuff from the other park runs, but now we just let the kids have the chalk and they do a great job. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for your time today. It's um, good to catch up and, and hear about one of Australia's newest um, park runs up here in uh, the Pilbara. So thank you very much. No worries at all. And we've had um, lots of tourists already come and run with our park run with us and we're looking forward to having lots more. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Zoe. So that's us done here at uh, Karatha. And uh, Mel, got your message uh, regarding the Wagyu Bridge trolls seeing if uh, they're able to visit you at uh, Ellis Palace Park Run one day coming up. So I'll uh, check the Wagyu Bridge's schedule and uh, see uh, what can be worked out. Anyway, we'll talk to you next time on the Park Run Adventurers. Coming to you grumpy from my room with a view. Apparently no time for chit chat this week. Under orders from Mel just to get it done. Apparently she has an interview with some Aussie parkrun royalty that needs to fit in. So I'm just lucky I don't get bumped. I bet it doesn't stop them banging on about Ellis Palace and zombies though. Anyway, apologies for sounding like a mini beige trousers. The stats. You know the deal. They're only accurate unless they're not. In which case we'll just blame someone else. On the juniors front, I think we're back to three events, but I don't have time to talk about that. I will put the spreadsheet on the blog. In Australia and New Zealand, we are plagued with lockdowns. Globally, numbers are still booming. There were 1,171 runs taking place in 17 countries. There were four launches. Sonsbeek in the Netherlands, and in the UK there were three. Grove Fields, Sandy Water and Torvian, which is a kind of new, kind of old event relaunched in a new location. Aussie New Zealand attendance was up 1,200. We had 18,429 runners out of 158,227 worldwide, which is 727 higher than last week. Down under we had 2,276 PVs, while 527 people Participated for the first time. 54 juniors reached their junior 10 milestone. 97 people reached their 50 milestone. 61 reached their 100 milestone. And 15 people reached their 250 milestone. Six people called bingo. Samantha Jo Leonard was the quickest with 197 events. Lorna Davin was the slowest person taking 344 events. Five new states people this week. Matthew Hines. Jared Fissenden, Scott Clark became Northern Territorians at Darwin, Mel Crossing, a South Aussie at Patawalonga River, and David O'Brien, a Tasmanian at White Mark Wharf. On the top 20 most Aussie New Zealand events list, there were no upward movement. Overall biggest movers were Mill Clayton, Vicky Thompson, Tim Bowden, 
Nathan Curry, Craig Robertson, Linda Kushmash, who all jumped 13 places from 232 to 219. Only mild grief from the Windexes this week. Peter Berry was the biggest mover, up 14 from 1 to 15. Okay, Parkies, that's your lot for this week. To see the stats in full, look for The Informant on Facebook or visit the blog at www.theinformant.me. This has been The Informant and my stats report has been abbreviated. And that was really good to hear from Tracy back after Queensland's short pause from Mudjurabar. And uh, Mark, bringing us that interview there from Zoe at Bayview Road in Caratha. And uh, he actually turned up to Port Hedland, Ollie, and the park run was cancelled due to a music festival. But uh, great to still get an interview from you, Mark. And they look like they're still having heaps of fun. Hey, if, if you've seen any of the pictures, they're having an awesome adventure or series of adventures as they're travelling out west there. So uh, fantastic to hear from, from you, Mark, and, and from Tracy and, and our informant as well, of course. Always cheeky. Yes. Always making me giggle. Which we need. Yeah, I'm not wanting to downplay the lockdown struggles um, that, w- that we're all uh, experiencing, but we did get some other bad news this week, Mel. Did we? Oh, we did. Yes. Uh, the event that we had very excitedly entered, Ollie, and we were going to have a palm frond and and we'd been training. Well, I had. Um. <laughs> sort of had, yep. <laughs> yes. It's been cancelled, sadly. Panorama Punish is not going ahead this year, but fingers crossed it can come back in 2022 and uh 222 <laughs> 222 yes i'm committed i'm going to be there i agree uh look uh- uh, disappointed to not uh, get to see the Bathurst team themselves, and and also to you know to see many of our our other Parkrun Adventures podcast family that were going to be out there. So hey, we will see you on the grid in 2022. But in other happier news, we heard that Finland is going to be launching a new event, Ollie, which is going to become the most northerly parkrun in the world. And this is pretty exciting. I hadn't been following the most northerly park run in the world too much, but this one I think is going to go onto my list, Mel. Really? Yes. And the reason is... What's the reason, Ollie? (laughs) Just had to contemplate there. Um, (laughs) No, the reason is uh, Kathy's family home on her mother's side is just 200 and... No, not 250. Yeah, 250 kilometres away. Can you tell I just Googled that? (laughs) I will when I listen back to the recording and I hear the tap, 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 tap. <laughs> yeah. Look, they hail from Nicarlaby, which is just down the road. So I am going to put this on my list and hopefully in five years' time or thereabouts, I'll be there. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yes. So we are looking forward to that happening in September, a bit of fun, even though none of us can go. <laughs> It'll be exciting. I hadn't really considered that there's a global compass club mm. as we know it here and we celebrate in Australia. It's not necessarily events with north, south, east and west in their name, but it's actually the geographic most mm. furthest points in the country that we that we class as our compass club. Yeah. Yeah. So, but how does it work? How does it work with the east and the west, Ollie, when the globe's round? How do you decide which is the most eastern or western? Do you just do it with the world map flat 
and as it's usually seen. <laughs> do you do you work off the clock? Do you work off the international dateline? Because I, I I think I'd taken that there was a reference point of the international dateline. In fact, Becky was talking about it in terms of uh, obviously Canada has some some rather Western North American park runs there, and uh, that's got to be getting close to, if not still, the westernmost as the day flows. Oh, my goodness. I can't even get the time difference to New Zealand right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, look, it's it's one that uh, I would welcome the feedback on. If, uh, if anyone can enlighten me in particular, ignorant of this, how we work out what is the Global Compass Club in terms of the compass points. I know who uh, will tell us, Peter Polman. Excellent. Peter. <laughs> Peter, <laughs> please. Yes. But nonetheless, Mel, we've got plenty of goings on still in Australia um, and I probably neglected with the lockdown latest to talk about the full update. But if I'm not mistaken, where are we this week? We've got New South Wales still out. We've got Victoria out. We've got the ACT out. And, well, we've also got our friends in New Zealand out, if I'm not mistaken. Indeed. Mm. Um, that's a lot to manage. It is. And uh, we have some insight into how that is done, Ollie. That's right. So you you were fortunate enough to catch up with Parkrun Australasia's Renee Gimbert and to get a bit, bit of insight um, because we feel the pain for these guys. They're working all hours and doing the hard yards for us. So um, let's have a listen. Our next guest is the Parkrun Territory Manager for Asia-Pacific. She is barcode number A130534 and is committed to a healthier and happier planet. I got that from the Twitter profile. Welcome back to the Parkrun Adventurers podcast, Renee Gimbert. Thanks so much for having me. It's lovely to be back. Now, Renee, uh, we've heard from you before on the pod. In episode 30, we heard your parkrun story. In episode 50, we heard your highlights from 2016. And back in episode 112, you spoke with Scotty about juniors. And more recently, we saw you on the With Me Now Live when the Northern Territory was the first Australian territory to return after the COVID pause. However, we've never met... I have, however, met your dad. <laughs> that that does not surprise me at all. <laughs> I love it. Where were you? Were you at Curl Curl? Indeed, I was. Yes, okay. back in um, June of 2019, I was up there for the longest run weekend. Yep, and uh, had brunch. Nice after park run, and sat opposite your dad and had a good old chat. Oh, I'm sure he chewed your ear off. <laughs> No, it was lovely. It was good. And I think we were discussing solar panels back then. I do feel for you if he <laughs> talked you through the solar panels he, he put on his roof. Um, but that certainly is my dad. I love it. So we thought it would be a good idea to invite you back to have a chat about the current situation, the current status of the events across Asia Pacific, because it must be there's a lot going on. That would be a, a good uh, way to describe it. Yes, that that is very true. There's a lot going on and it's constantly changing. From, from the afternoon to the evening, you know, things are changing so quickly. It is a, a workload trying to keep up with, with what's going, um, what's happening in, in all the different areas. But uh, we're, we're managing to stay on top of it. 
Uh, and it's not great news, We, you know, watching locations going to lockdown and, and having to cancel events there, but, but we're certainly feeling for the teams as we're communicating with them that Parkrun won't be going ahead. Um, but it, it's certainly keeping us on our toes. So just for the listeners, you've got a relatively small team across HQ in Australia. Would that be fair comment? Uh, yes. Um, we try to be as lean as we can. And this this is globally as well. So we have 45 off the top of my head globally. Um, in Asia Pacific, we have a team of 10 in all different areas. Um, our ops team consists of a handful of people. Um, so, you know, the, the, the people that are monitoring the information, is, you know, there's, there's three people in the operations team plus our head of volunteer management staying on top of this. Obviously, it also feeds into our comms department um, to get the communications out to everyone. So it's, it, it is taking up, um, you know, a lot of the team focused on where we are opening and closing at the moment. Yeah, because every state and territory within Australia has different rules and different levels of what, I guess, parkruns classified as. I know here in Victoria, uh, we're not, we, we aren't classified under community sports. So every time we see on the news community sports is allowed to come back, everybody, all the parkrunners get all excited, but that doesn't necessarily mean parkrun can come back because that relates to community gathering limits. Correct. But then that's not necessarily the same in South Australia. Correct. And it, it, it's difficult that there's no consistency across it, um, but it, it's what we have to work within each, each state, state government classifying things differently. And as you say, in, we're not community sport. We're under um, an event Tier 3 in Victoria. Mm. In, in other you know, places such as Queensland, we're classed as community sport. Uh, so it, it varies. One of the things with community sport is often a lot of areas would have a, a number limit on that. And so that's what we can't fit within where community sport, they're saying groups of 10, things like that, and, and we can't fit within those requirements um, for the small, the small group sizes. And then as another layer of complexity, each state is also divided into metro and regional. So you've got some events happening like... I use Victoria as an example because that's what I know the best. Victoria, at one point, you know, metro is locked down, but regional's been allowed to return. So there's that divide as well that just complicates everything. Absolutely. We've seen the same thing in uh, Queensland and in New South Wales as well, where we've got Greater Sydney lockdown and then the regional New South Wales open, and then um, that has changed over time and, and regional have gone into lockdown as well. Same in Queensland with South East Queensland. And, and again, it, it's understanding what events are in those local government areas and what is classed as metro and regional and where the borders are, that type of thing. It's certainly uh, great for a geography lesson of Australia, <laughs> but, you know, to, to understand, you know, what LGA's things fit into. I guess I wanted the listeners to get a good idea of just how difficult it is behind the scenes for the very small team we've got here in Australia. They must be working late nights as well because I think Friday night there was there was really late comms going out from the government with a possible last-minute lockdown of regional Victoria and there was messages coming through, uh, I could see, quite late into the evening. 
Yes, I, I giggle when you said that because I did call a meeting of a number of the team at like eight o'clock or something on a Friday night, which isn't normal. But it was easier to get everyone on one call to determine what was going what was happening rather than try and communicate through Slack or through email. So we, we, we need to be flexible in hours that we work depending on what's happening. And so we haven't had a situation like we did in Victoria on Friday where things changed pretty quickly. We, we were comfortable and confident to be going ahead, which we were on Friday as well. But there was news articles suggesting that community sport didn't go ahead. Uh, there was no directive for us to cancel. However, to clarify how we operate and, and where we, you know, open or close, we fought really hard to come back, to bring Parkrun back after lockdown all around the world. So, so for me, whenever there is an opportunity for us to, to allow parkrun events to operate, we will take that opportunity. So regional Victoria, for example, was closed the, the week prior. We then opened for one week under number restrictions, which were 300 at the time. We spent some time working through that to understand, would we go close to those numbers? How would it all work? Um, but with the intention that whatever we could do or look at to make sure we could come back, that we would. So we know the benefits, the mental health benefits, not just the physical activity side to have parkrun events. We know from surveys that, you know, lockdown and not being able to see people has such a, you know, detrimental effect to people's mental health that we want to come back. And, and that's where we can open in, in regional Victoria and it's also why we didn't make a blanket cancel on Friday night in Victoria. So whilst there was news breaking that there was talk of something about to happen, it didn't happen. And, we, you know, if there's an opportunity to go ahead, then we want to. Obviously, there were teams where there were, local, there were cases near them. So we support them to cancel. And that's what our communication was, that we wouldn't apply a whole blanket cancel, but we would let event teams decide if they were in an area so there were some regional Victorian events that were nowhere near when new cases were popping up and we didn't want to take that opportunity away from them. You know, we follow the government advice and, and that's the, the, you know, the path that we need to take. But as I said, where there's an opportunity for us to remain open um, or to reopen, we will, we will do that. We will do what we can to, to make that happen. Does it weigh heavily, Renee? Is the, is the team, how are they going? How's morale? Look, we're a, we're a very tight-knit team and so we, we work well together. Um, I would say it's draining. Um, that's, you know, it's not nice delivering bad news. Uh, so I think, you know, everyone's coping the best that they can, but, but we're certainly trying to stay as positive as we can. Some of the team um, at the moment, our office, our Australian office is on the Gold Coast. And so we think that we're incredibly lucky to be in a position where at the moment we're not under restrictions. Hmm. We, you know, there's a lot of people in other states and territories that have lost their jobs, you know, and that are struggling. So, so we look at it that we're in a, in a privileged position and, and we've got more concern for the, the teams out there that we're telling that need to cancel rather than how it, how it works 
for us or how we how we feel about it. Um, our goal is to work as hard as we can to get events operating wherever we can. Yeah, it must be difficult too to put out the social media side of it because you want to uh, be promoting and, and happy for the teams that are running, but that you've got all these other events locked down that probably don't want to see Correct. that kind of thing. So it must be incredibly difficult to try to balance that. It is. What you'll see um, over the last few weeks or months on social media is a lot of references to not park run. Mm. So we try to balance out that, you know, we'll often ask who's been to park run this morning, but we'll ask who's been to park run or not park run um, because we're very conscious that not everyone can actually get to a park run. And I agree, it is hard, you know, when you look on social media and, and you're in lockdown, but, you know, it seems like the rest of the world is, is moving forward. So we try to balance that out in, in communications. So, you know, we are genuinely thinking of people in lockdown. We are genuinely concerned for them. Hmm. But it's also, on the other hand, it's really lovely to see the not park runs being logged. Um, I think there was like 1,500 last week, which is really nice to see that people are getting involved. They are getting out there, which I think is great. It's keeping communities communicating with each other um, we're seeing on social media at local event teams kind of having a little challenge with other events in their area who can get more people to, to not park run at their event. And I think, you know, that's that's really nice to see that communities are still, you know, together through this time. Yes, I've even um, been guilty of changing my home park run <laughs> profile um, so that I can virtually tour to my friends' events and okay. appear Lovely. in their yeah. not park run their results. results for the week. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and because it's just all different ways to try to, I don't know, um, bring a little bit of interest to the week. I mean, we're tourists. Well, I'm a tourist. Uh, that's yep. what I like to do. I can't do it at the moment. It's frustrating. We're locked down, but we can still do it virtually. Yep. So I hope that doesn't upset Parkrun with me continually changing my home Parkrun. <laughs> Abs no, 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 absolutely not. And look, this is what we wanted not Parkrun to be, to be able to create what you would normally do of a weekend, but but it's just not parkrun. So I think it makes perfect sense that if you're a tourist that you're still touristing yeah. without it, um, without parkrun being, being, you know, operating. So it is nice to see people using it in different ways. And so, okay, the current situation, you also oversee New Zealand and Southeast Asia. Yes. And, of course, we've just had our our friends in New Zealand go back into lockdown, but Southeast Asia, they're not back yet? Correct. Or are they? Well, so Singapore and Malaysia, we're not back yet. Uh, Malaysia, in both countries, there's still number of restrictions. I mean, Singapore, off the top of my head, is like gathering limits of six or something. Um, it's it's really quite small. We're looking into events in New, in Singapore at the moment to understand how we fit in there. Um, there's some some differing information of people be, needing to be vaccinated or certain percents not vaccinated. So that's something that we're working through at the moment. In Japan, we're open. Uh, however, some of our events are closed due to COVID. So in Japan, there's a number of prefectures that are under a state of emergency. And in those locations, some of the events are cancelled. So it's really interesting in Japan, 
where there's a state of emergency, that doesn't mean a blanket cancellation for parkrun. Some landowners will still permit us to use the land. So last weekend, I think we had 10 events open in Japan and 15 closed. 13 of those were due to COVID. What's really positive, though, on the other hand, is we've actually got new events that are due to open in Japan in in the near future. So we've got another event launching at the beginning of September and then another one that will launch at the end of September. So whilst some events are closed, we are still in those areas that we can operate in. We are still opening more events, which is exciting. In In Japan, we started there in April 2019 and then went into lockdown in February 2020. So we hadn't even been open a year in Japan before we went into lockdown and we've already, you know, approaching nearly 30 events there, which is a testament to the whole team Mm. and and the work that they've done. And obviously the work is also remotely, you know, all of our conversations are through, you know, um, Zoom calls, that type of thing. So it's wonderful to see things still happening even though, you know, the country is part open, part closed. Yeah. In New Zealand, as you say, the whole of New Zealand is currently in lockdown. Uh, So I I think what we'll continue to see, and I've said this for quite some time, is in the areas that we're open, we're going to continue to see events open and close, regions open and close, and states open and close. And I think we're going to continue to see that at at least up until Christmas. That's just how things are moving. But where we can remain open or where we can reopen, we'll absolutely do what we can to make that happen. Mm. Wow, so much to juggle. I, I don't <laughs> envy you that. <laughs> don't envy you that at all. And on top of all these types of things, you're still trying to progress as normal with other other initiatives. And we saw during the lockdown the Australian Parkrun Shop launched. Yes. Which was very exciting for all us over yes. here. <laughs> uh, and by all accounts, it looks like it's been really well received. I know I've got a new Parkrun cap and socks. Yep. <laughs> so how has that all gone from your perspective? And, yeah. and can we expect any new additions? anytime Mm. soon look the the shop has been really really successful we're really excited to have been able to expand the range we've you know a lot of people have have wanted things for a long time and and you know it's been a work in progress for some time to get it to this point but it's certainly um, very successful and we know that you know People are out there, you know, we see it everywhere you go. There's someone in a, in a hat or socks or, or whatever. I can tell you that there will be some new socks that are promoted this week. So we, we had feedback from people that the socks, you couldn't see parkrun when you were wearing the socks. And, and a lot of people, so going back a step, the socks, the light feet socks are brilliant. They're so incredibly comfortable. Yes. And I've, I've worn them for quite some time. This is pre-parkrun socks. So I've, I've always had the um, aubergine colour because I like to wear it when I volunteer. So they're so comfortable. But a lot of the feedback we got was actually we want to be able to see parkrun on it when we're wearing them. Mm. So we've taken that feedback on board and this week there will be, if they're, they're live at the moment, um, but we will start to promote them this week. They're a longer sock. I think we call them the mid sock. So you can actually see Parkrun on it. So I think it's positive that 
people who have wanted something and, and we've delivered and then people have given feedback and we've been able to take that on board and, and release another product. So that is exciting. There's also a new colour that's come out in the socks, which is pink. Ooh. And there will be, an, I'll tell you, there will be another product coming soon. I won't tell you what it is. Okay. Uh, but there will be something coming, something else, something different that's not available on the shop. Um, it's not a, another product like what you can buy on the current shop. That will be coming, I'm going to say, within the next couple of weeks, couple of months, which is exciting. And, and again, based on feedback that we're, that we're getting and, and what people, people want. It is exciting, Renee, because when we can't do a lot at the moment, uh, we can't actually in a lot of places go to Park Run. But yeah, these little things give you a bit of a lift when you can order them and yes. even wear them on your not Park Run. I've got a girlfriend today. She sent me a selfie. Her name is also Renee. Good name. <laughs> she sent me a little um, photo via messenger today that said, or something along the lines of, you know, happy mail. And uh, she'd received a park run cap. There was a photo of her in a brand new park run cap. So lovely. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's lovely. It's it's nice to see. And, you know, like I actually, when park run was closed here on the Gold Coast a couple of weeks ago, I went um, for a cycle on my bike. And the amount of people I saw wearing their milestone shirts just running around, it was lovely. I get excited when I see someone wearing <laughs> one of our hats or something. It, you know, it's exciting. It's genuinely exciting that people out there are, are, are loving it and, and you know, want, want more of it. Yeah. You, you're, you say you're a tourist. Have you got one of the bag tags? I don't actually know. Mm. No, I did see them and I got all excited when they first come out, but I must admit I haven't yeah. ordered one yet because I can't go anywhere, Renee. I'm you can't. Down. You can't, but, but you can pop it on your bag and then when you can go somewhere, you won't lose your bag. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Yes, I need. I am finding as the as the weeks of lockdown progress, I'm buying more and more things online because just something to give a little bit of joy to my day when they things arrive in the post. Oh, this is terrible because I'm actually buying things online and I'm not in lockdown. <laughs> I think it becomes a habit. Yeah. So what I did want to say on a more personal level, uh, how is Park Run for Renee at the moment? Are you getting to Coomera still on a Saturday morning? Yes, I am. I was there on the weekend actually. So we had a two-week lockdown in um, – sorry, we had a one-week lockdown on the Gold Coast in southeast Queensland and then there were restrictions still in place for two weeks after that, which meant Park Run couldn't operate for two weeks on the Thursday, last Thursday, there was an announcement that, or maybe it was a Wednesday, probably Wednesday, an announcement was made that community sport could resume from 4pm on the Friday rather than 4pm on the Sunday. And so we had cancelled all the events in the system. We had told event teams they couldn't operate. But we reviewed all that information and then reversed that decision because we were then allowed to operate. So for me, it was lovely because it I, I didn't think I'd be going to Parkrun on the weekend and I actually did go to Coomera. And every time I go there, I run up the hill thinking, who on earth would put a hill in this course? <laughs> and then I have to remind myself that actually it was my bright idea. But <laughs> I, um, I love it. I love that community there. I don't get there 
as much these days. I often will go to uh, Surface Paradise is actually the, one of the closest events to me. And, and so I tend to go there a bit, but I do love going back to Coomera because all my friends are there. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what it's about. It's about me. You know, it's it takes longer for me to get to Coomera, but it, it's about seeing my friends when I'm there, which is which is what I love. Yeah. So I did have a little look at your your parkrun um, results mm-hmm. and uh, you look like you're one of these people that's actually got fitter and faster during lockdown. No. As opposed to me who's who's got chonk and got slower. But your, your annual results, they've got faster. Well, maybe since lockdown I've gotten a bit faster, but I was, I'm nowhere near what I used to run back when we started at parkrun. I think it was because... As I said to you before, we're like we are a tight knit team, and we get along really well with each other, and we try and do things to each encourage each other. So pre COVID, we all had this great idea that we would do um, a half Ironman together. Yep, and um, that's probably why I got quicker because I had to start training for that whilst we were in lockdown. <laughs> um, and so I actually had to start running, start getting out and running again. But I, I think if you look at all of my results over the last 10 years, I got faster and faster and faster and then hit this like peak. And then it all just went downhill from there. <laughs> oh, oh well. But that's okay. I, it looks like okay. it's on the right, it's trending the right way now. Though. <laughs> it is now. Yes, it is now. And you're on 98 unique events. So is there plans for the for the cowl? Um, do you know what? So I've, I've never really followed all the clubs until one day I realised that I was like way in front of my husband and I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Um, yes, look, I do try and, and get to as many different events as I can. I kind of stopped touristing for a period because I was away from my home event so often that I felt like I never saw my friends. Mm. And and then that's what drew me back to, I just, you know, I want to go and have breakfast with my friends. So I do need to do a bit of touristing. Just take your friends with you. Simple. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that's true. I, I can do that as well. Yeah. Well, uh, Renee, Thank you very much for coming and giving us a little bit of insight into the complexities that is Parkrun Australia and indeed Parkrun Age Pacific at the moment. Really appreciate your time and it was really lovely to speak to you. You too. Thank you for having me. I I do appreciate it. And, you know, I I look forward to the day where we have the whole of Australia open again. You know, that's our goal. That's what we're working towards. And hopefully it's not too far away. Let's hope. Thanks, Renee. Thanks. And it was great, Ollie, to catch up with Renee Gimbert and get a little bit of insight into the goings-on in HQ in Australia. Yeah. Thank you, Mel, and, and thank you, Renee. We appreciate everything that the whole team are doing. I have to admit, I need to check out the parkrun shop. Ah, I've already done that. <laughs> mm, mm, you have, yes. <laughs> and a few more things to check out. Yes. I've got pink socks and luggage oh. tags in my cart. Oh, well done. Well done. You do move quick. Mm-hmm. Yep. The early bird. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that last week? Oh, yes. 3 a.m. Oh, you do not need yes. two hours to paint your face green. <laughs> There's a hot tip. Uh, well, 
hey, you've got to you've got to try it to know it sometimes. Yes. Speaking of trying it, Mel, it's time to hear about trying something else. And many of our listeners will have tried this and will, I'm sure, already love it. But it's almost time. It is, Ollie. The fifth annual Streaky Septmeba begins next Wednesday. How exciting. That's very exciting. A lovely distraction for all us locked down people. That's right. And look, before I forget, I want to say thank you from both of us to everyone that has reached out with their suggestions and particularly all the offers of help for the bingo card. Good news, everyone. We've got a bingo card. We do. That's exciting. You can't see it yet. No. But uh, we've got it. It will be revealed <laughs> in due course. It will. And Mel, uh, how are you feeling? Ready for streaky Septmeba? Oh, I'm. I am good to go. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Uh, of course, there's so many different analogies for streaky Septmeba. I like to refer to it as swoopy September because that's when the magpies <laughs> are out in force down here in Victoria. And the fun is trying to do your streak without being swooped. Hence a reason to run in green every day of the month, broomstick and all. I was worried when I was running around um, on what morning was I doing it? Sunday morning because as I was running it, it was dawn. So the magpies were out and they were wobbling and I'm running past looking up at them and I'm going, it's me, it's me. Like, they, <laughs> like they'll look and they'll think it's someone strange and but they'll recognise my voice. So <laughs> clearly I'm just a bit, little bit cray-cray. No, look, I'm sure that that helped. Um, <laughs> they would have been pleased to find out it was you. Yes. <laughs> Their mate. Um, now... I have to say, I've taken a bit of inspiration. So, listening to, obviously, the the chat around the free bird, I'm wondering if there's a level up. Yeah, we've talked about the the elevation challenge in a month. So, I'm curious to know, is anyone going to throw in a bit of elevation to Streaky September too? Or am I just convincing myself of something that I'm not quite ready for? Haven't you already said you you haven't got enough hills around where you live? We're all stuck in our bubbles. In our bubbles, yeah. (laughs) Up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, okay, yeah. so so hill repeats. <laughs> hill repeats, but uh, hey, look, let's see how long that lasts. Okay, find your own panorama, punish. <laughs> um, look, maybe a better way to get everyone warmed up would be to hand it to the experts, the streaking experts themselves. So rather than hear us ramble on, we've we've had some some help from our friends and uh, I think you know, some of the people that, that have really been showing what streaking is all about, uh, we've prepared a bit of an insight into what streaky September or streaky Septamoeba, sorry, Mel, uh, what it really <laughs> is, how it works and why should you do it and, and look you know, what, what it's going to do for you. So is it time to hear, Mel? Yes, let's listen. Howdy, Parkrunners. Talk reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew. Today I'm here to talk to you about the global phenomenon that's called Streaky September, or for our more learned friends out there, Streaky Septmeba. What is Streaky September? Well, it started about four years ago as a challenge between the original Parkrun Adventurers hosts, Scotty and Mel, and it was about getting each other out and accountable to do some activities or exercise every day for the month of September. And it's just rolled on from there. It's gone to the point now where some people have been doing it for four years, some for three years, and some only last for a week or so, but that's fine. It's just about getting out and doing some exercise. Part of the thing that we do with Streaky September is you do a minimum of either two kilometres of walking or running, or you can go out and do other exercises. So you could go out and do bike riding. We suggest 
minimum of 30 minutes a day, or swimming, in which case you're going to do a lot less than two kilometres unless you're one of the Olympians. But once again, you should be aiming for about 30 minutes of exercise a day. We also run a series of fun activities on the Facebook group over the month of September. And there are things like bingo, where we have a bingo card. We go out and spot things. Uh, for those playing from past years, you'll know all about bin chickens and the like. And we also ask people to post their exercises on the Facebook page and encourage others to get out and do the exercises as well. It's a really great fun activity. We get a lot of comments going backwards and forwards. And I just encourage everyone to get involved. So get out there, get into Streaky September and let's see if you can roll it on into Streaky 365 and beyond. Cheers, guys. Talk out. Hello, adventurers. It's Alison here reporting in from this morning's streak. Um, This is my first year of streaking, so I'm closing in on 365 days. And I signed up purely just to see if I could do it. I had a friend who was a streaker and he's, you know, he's been streaking now for five, five years, I think. And I always thought he was crazy, but I actually think I was the crazy one for not doing it. Uh, what I've really loved about the streaking is it's made me go out and do my exercise. It's non-negotiable and at a minimum it's just 2k so it's really really achievable. Even on those days when it's pouring with rain you can just get your shoes on and go out just run a straight 2k and you're done. Um, I've done streaks uh, in all kinds of places at fogged up airports, um, in between flights at an airport just around the car park. Um, in forests near to my friends' homes when I've been travelling away for park run. But I really, really enjoy just going around my local neighbourhood and watching the sunrise and seeing the same people every morning, but most especially the man who walks his dog and his cat follows. Um, so you never know what you might see on these, these streaks. And I never expected to see a cat out for a morning walk, for example. And today um, I've seen, oh, that's a Rosella, one of our parrots flying overhead. I've heard cows today. I've just been swooped on by a tui. It wasn't frightening, not like a magpie, it was right behind me. And um, yeah, it's just beautiful just to start the day like this and you know, know that you've done some exercise and stretched those legs and counted another day towards 365 days of streaking. So if you're not sure whether you should do it or not, just give it a try. You never know how many days you might clock up. Taking part in Streaky September, or what has now become a permanent streak, has really, really changed my life. When I started at the beginning of September 2019, a regular planned activity, walking or running, just wasn't part of what I did. Fast forward through accident, through lockdowns, uh, however many, and I'm now fitter running maybe 40 kilometers a week, which I know is not a lot, but it's quite a lot more than I did. I'm active, my mental health is better because I've got time to process what's going on. And what it's done is it's taught me that it's a small action done every day can absolutely change what I'm doing. So if this is just to get you started um, in Australia springtime, or like me, it was a really good incentive to keep going in uh, Northern Hemisphere wintertime, It can be addictive, but actually it can utterly change how you see what's going on. Anyway, it would be lovely to see you join us. Thanks. So thank you very much to Talk in Australia. 
Alison in New Zealand and our friend Pippa from the UK who coincidentally actually happens to be on holidays in France. So there you go. There's a nice wide, broad view, streaky September experts from all around the globe. Yes. Wow. What about that? You can do it wherever you are. Absolutely. Yes. And I know Pippa is continuing her streak over there in France. Very impressive. Uh, Look, um, I am in envy and admiration. Uh, In fact, forget the envy, just admiration for our streakers. I uh, yet to uh, yet to manage much more than the month itself of streaky September. So let's see how it goes this year. But Mel, um, I think uh, that could be it for the week. Uh, jammed, packed. Another bumper episode. And did we did we ask Ollie if people <laughs> people mind the extra long episodes? Because we've had a few of them recently. We have. We're very fortunate to be hearing a lot of good news. And, and of course, you know, there's ups and downs that we're all experiencing. But, hey, guys, um, if this is a bit long for your long run, <laughs> let us know. Uh, not long enough, sure, let us know. We can ramble all night. Just just give me a chance. <laughs> I don't think I've even said the word once this week. So um, let's keep it at that, hey? <laughs> Who would have thought? It's a lot easier when there's no park run, hey? That's right. But in the meantime... As always, if you'd like to give us some feedback on the pod uh, or if you'd like to contact us, say hello, you can do so via Facebook um, and you will be able to do so at Dazza's Cafe when Dazza returns from his week off, uh, if that's right, Mel, Mm -hmm. on Saturday. And you can also contact us on our email, which is parkrunadventurers at gmail.com. But uh, from all of us here, (laughs) that's it for another week. We'll see you all next week for more adventures and um, a bit of a milestone episode, hey? Yes. Stay tuned. again it was funny we logged our not park runs for our home park run which is Wyndham Vale did you know we came first every week Wyndham Vale is awesome we saw Shell Harbour came third I think Shell Harbour should try more Ollie bye everyone stay safe